0: right then on with the podcast is going to be a bit of a quick one this month uh i'm going places which speaking of which um i will just mention that next month's podcast is going to be slightly special i'm not going to uh i'm going to try and make it slightly special we'll have to see what i actually manage to come up with but i will be uh out and about so it won't be a studio based uh podcast like it usually is so that's for next month won't say any more than that because if i do i'll jinx it on to the news um i don't know how to really say this but kodak have decided to sell their film division there i'll just say it in one easy digestible lump um unbelievable really to think that kodak would get rid of their products that originally set them up but that is a way that they are thinking at the moment they're looking for a buyer. And uh, we will have to see exactly how things go for them. Will someone buy those products? We're talking about Tri-X, it's been around Donkey's years. We're talking about um, T-Max, which has been around quite a few years now. I'm not particularly a big um, Kodak Film user, but I do like their T-Max dev, so it would be rather sad to see that disappear. Because, one, I think it's a very good developer. And, two, it's actually quite an economic um, way of developing film. Because of the concentrate, you know, you can dev about 16 films per batch if you want. Which is something that I, I quite like. Um, but, anyway, we will we will have to see how the sale goes. whether any, How many people are interested. To be honest, I think Ilford are going to be the real winners out of this. And we might end up eventually... When all of the dust has settled on the film production side of uh, photography with only two companies uh, producing film for photographers to shoot. That could be, if I was going to take a guess, Ilford. And uh, the other one would be Fuji. I can't really see anybody else. A lot of people have decided that they're going to get out of it and that uh, and that there's, n- there's no real room anymore for film, photography and photography i think there is in fact i would actually argue that as digital gets older a lot of people will like to do a bit of both a lot of professional photographers like the look of film they like shooting it they like the results it gives um so we'll just have to see how things go right onto the links we've got um crossing paths which is a website i've been meaning to mention for quite a while now if you are into street portraits then this is the site for you um, it's a portrait journey around the UK photographed by Niall McDarmid um all i can say is it's an absolutely fantastic site regularly updated niall has been going around the the uk like like the subtitle says uh and and really capturing people on the streets of the uk The thing that I like about this is it's UK-based. It's not London-based, it's not Brighton-based, it's not uh, Birmingham-based. It is all over the UK. It's in towns and places, you know, that uh, photographers don't usually uh, trek to. This is the nice thing about Niall's work. He's gone all over the place. He's gone to towns that aren't usually represented in photography that often. Um, And the work is just absolutely superb that's all i can say really so we will go on to uh onto the next link but i would definitely check that site out if you are into portraiture and you're into uh street portraiture especially a 1958 documentary about the life and work of photographer ansel adams this is a great little video that i found via petapixel that's where the the link comes from great little uh photography site if you are interested in the uh, general information about photography not just gear but it's on about different photographers and things um it has a lot of people following it and generally posts something uh on a very regular basis two or three times a day so certainly worth checking out it was made in 1958 so it probably does show its age a bit but if you are into the work of ansel adams then uh it's definitely worth uh checking out and i would certainly just check out this petapixel site Anyway, um, the link is actually on the web links uh, section of my main website at richardflintphoto.com. But I will add it to the links in the main area of uh, the podcast page anyway. You don't often see documentaries about photography. I've always found it rather weird that uh, photography isn't particularly represented on uh, television that often. And when it is, it's not often done that well. Um, I don't know what it is, the relationship between television and photography. Um, Maybe TV people don't think that photography works that well on a television screen. But I think if you uh, take it from the right angle and, uh, you know, you explain things to people... um, and especially when you think that photography is one of the most popular hobbies and things out there, you would expect that a bit, there would be a regular series about photography on television, but certainly in the UK there isn't, um, and it doesn't look as though there's going to be either. So, the only way that you can really find documentaries is through the internet. So I would definitely check out this uh, 1958 documentary about the life and work of uh, photographer Ansel Adams. As I've said, it was made in 1958, so it's over 50 years old. But uh, And it's dated a bit, I suppose you could say. But it's worth checking out. Right, Curiosity landed on Mars this month. An amazing uh, feat by NASA to land on uh a little rover on Mars to explore the surface. It's got plenty of cameras in it. Uh, most of them are about 2 megapixel, I think, though. Um, so it's it's not exactly a, a D800 or a, uh, a high-end um, Canon camera. But um, the results so far have been quite fascinating. And it's just amazing to think that there are cameras that were constructed uh, onto this tonne almost like a car it's about the size of a car small car um that was sent all the way to mars to take uh, images uh the atlantic magazine their website and their photography blog in focus uh, have some fantastic images dealing with uh all sorts of aspects of well, they actually show some of the early images to start off with but they also go into the uh the background and showing the uh operation side of it uh, like I say an absolutely remarkable feat really to uh, to do it especially when you think that uh, I can't remember I think they said that two thirds of the missions fail so it's just great to see that finally one mission went uh, as, as planned and it will be amazing to see the, the images that come from the red planet of course it comes in the month when uh, Neil Armstrong died uh, Neil Armstrong of course taking some amazing photographs usually of Buzz Aldrin uh there wasn't many that Buzz actually took of Neil Armstrong because he was uh concentrating i believe on uh technical ex- side photographing the technical side of it rather than photographing Neil so there, there isn't really a very good shot of Neil on the uh, walking around on the moon it's it's almost like going somewhere on your holes and not getting a photograph of you wherever uh, wherever you've gone, really, especially when it's taken so much trouble and money to get there, you would have thought that NASA would have made sure that Buzz got a photograph of Neil walking on the surface of the moon, but he didn't. Um, maybe you could argue that Curiosity, um, if you'd have asked people in 1968, will we uh, be walking around on Mars by the time uh, we get to 2012, probably a lot of people would say yes, but um, of course the... The moon, uh, race to the moon, was fueled intensely by the Cold War, and we don't really have that any longer. I've always thought, uh, I thought for a long time, that really it's about time that instead of uh, the Americans financing it, maybe we should uh, have a, a joint thing where the whole world finances it and puts it together and we send people there. I think it would make a lot more sense economically if we had. Uh, a squad from uh, the whole of the world uh, going there rather than just uh, American astronauts trying to do it. Uh, There's a a lot of group intelligence, I mean the Russians know a lot about space exploration, you've got the Chinese now, the Japanese and all sorts of people who uh, have the technical knowledge etc that would be useful. But it's the way it is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Curiosity gets over the next uh, few years. Uh, Apparently it's supposed to have a life cycle of about two to eight. But they reckon it can go beyond that anyway. Like a lot of the other uh, rovers that have uh, been landed there over the years. So it'll be fascinating to see what they get. And remember, two megapixel cameras. Um, If it's good enough for Mars, then... Well, it won't be good enough for here, will it? Um... I think that surprised a lot of people. It certainly surprised me. I was expecting something a bit higher. I was thinking, you know, 10, 14, something like that. But, of course, you've got to beam the information back to Earth. And what they generally do is they generally put pictures together. So they build a picture up out of the two megapixel images. So, of course, it becomes a lot larger. An amazing feat. I really love stuff like this. Um, Landing stuff on the... uh, surface of a planet takes a lot of money takes a lot of uh, coordination and a lot of uh, technical skill but um, they actually did it and you can of course see how they did it on the uh, in focus photography blog the atlantic they do it's another one of those um, news photo blogs that's really worth following they have some uh, absolutely terrific work on there and they generally try and update the uh, the blog at least two or three times a month. So that's the Atlantic in-focus photography blog. If you type it into Google, you'll find it. The fighting in Syria still continues, and some of the best work, I think, uh, coming out of the conflict uh, is by Goran Tomasevich. He's in uh, Aleppo, or he was in Aleppo anyway, in in Syria, where some... uh, Intense fighting has been taking place recently. And the Telegraph has a really nice uh, gallery of his images. It's about 17 altogether, I believe. I don't know whether there's any more. There could be. Oh, yes, there is, actually. There's 34. So it's it's quite a sizable gallery of images of uh, Goran's work from Aleppo in Syria, um, covering, um, of course, the, the fighting from the Free Syrian Army side. Um, there, there has been an, an awful lot of work coming out of there from various different quarters. Uh, some of it's, you know, quite good. Some of it isn't. Goran's work, I think, um, is among some of the best because it, it it captures. Uh, you get a good sense of the atmosphere and things. I mean, there's uh, there's one photo if I can find it. I know, I'm just, there. yeah. I mean, it, it, he even manages to get a uh, a rocket attack. From a Syrian air force uh, fighter plane firing rockets, you know, an incredibly difficult photo to get if you think about it, because you, you know, generally speaking, you would have to be somewhere near to where it was uh, occurring for a start off. But also, you know, you got to be careful exactly how you are um, how you're exposing yourself to uh, to the danger, because of course snipers are all about, and all things can happen to you. So, Goran's work is certainly uh, some of the best to to come out of there, and it is a very, very uh, decent-sized gallery that the the, Telegraph have put together. Absolutely fantastic. Right, I don't really want to leave on a negative note, so what I will do um, is I will add one last link, and this is for... Some wildlife photography there's all sorts of great images here it's a violia wildlife photographer of the year 2012 commended images gallery this is on the guardian uh, it's a selection of highly commended images from the violia environment wildlife photographer of the year competition and these pictures will go on display at the natural history museum from the 19th of october some absolutely amazing photographs in there The one that I particularly like is number five, which is captioned Midnight Snack. Uh, And it features, um, I believe it's a mouse. Uh, Yes, I think it is. Yes, it is. It's a deer mouse. That's what it is. Um, Fantastic image called Midnight Snack, which is a great portrait of a deer mouse. I will leave you with that. It's image number five until next month. I will say uh, ta and hopefully I'll bring you something special next month for the podcast. Check out any of the links mentioned in this podcast. Go to darker-skies.com forward slash podcasts.